Many of you have encountered a new way of thinking. Actually, probably all of us have encountered this new way of thinking by certain individuals in our current culture. And if you haven't had a conversation regarding authenticity, which would likely make it very clear, no doubt you have met and interacted with such an individual. Um, But I'm sure, even if you haven't had a conversation, you've met these people. For many of you, with our widely divergent cultural characteristics from generation to generation in our current time period, you might be breathing the air of this new way of thinking without even knowing it. I'm talking to my younger people. Authenticity for some people today has taken on a new added meaning. For those that want to remain in the church and in the religious life at some level, authenticity emphasizes that God wants to meet us where we're at, that God accepts us just as we are. For many young Christians, that has meant not having to change their behavior. I've seen this strikingly a number of times and generally all the time. For those of us who are a little older, this seems somewhat ludicrous. How can a man who is, for instance, living with his girlfriend think that converting to Christianity doesn't mean he needs to stop living with his girlfriend? More importantly, he needs to stop sleeping with his girlfriend as if he were married to her. This seems, for some of us, the most duh that you could have. The most common sense of common sense from a Christian perspective. Of course, for people a little older, we remember when living with one's girlfriend or boyfriend was just not done, really, by pretty much everyone, religious or not. You've always had the exceptional group for, you know, thousands of years. But we are not in those days any longer. Today, many young Christians have assumed that because God will meet them where they're at, that God likes where they're at, or at least that he tolerates it. But God does not tolerate sin. We have a theological problem in our current culture. The emphasis of our epistle reading today shows St. Paul's mind regarding our problem of today. Please listen to the passage from today in a different translation. What are we to say then? Shall we continue in the state of sin so that grace may increase? Certainly not. We died to sin. How can we still live in it? Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into the Messiah, Jesus, were baptized into his death? That means that we were buried with him through baptism into death so that just as the Messiah was raised from the dead through the Father's glory, we too might behave with a new quality of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Firstly, let's do away with the fable that the language of the New Testament regarding baptism is merely symbolic. That it does not carry any meaning beyond association. Secondly, however, let's remember that though baptism is effective in accomplishing that which it signifies, that is the washing of rebirth into Christ and his church, 
let us remember that it does have immense symbolic and imagistic and religious and cultural connections going in many, many different directions. Particularly when we're talking about St. Paul using that language. One of those main connections of symbolism and connection is to the exodus of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. Remember Paul saying to the Corinthians, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. The crossing of the Red Sea is seen by St. Paul to be a baptism. Following God's chosen man, Moses, the people left slavery through the Red Sea and eventually arrived in the freedom of the promised land. It was a bit of a long trip because of a few instances of sin and faithlessness. One scholar notes that here in Romans, Paul tells a version of the very same story, starting with this present passage. Romans 6 describes how Christians come through the water of baptism, like the Red Sea, and thus leave behind the land of slavery and enter upon a new freedom, like leaving Egypt and setting off for the promised land. This, what St. Paul's talking about, is the ultimate fulfillment of the covenant that God made with Abraham. It's not just for the Jewish people. It's not, as many zealots of Jesus' day thought, just a political maneuver to get the Romans off the back of the Hebrew people. Paul sees the new covenant as a fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant in its ultimate sense the liberation of the whole cosmos from sin, corruption, and death. What would St. Paul say to those who state today that God God meets them where they are and loves them just as they are? I believe that St. Paul would agree with those statements, but would then note that in becoming a Christian, you move from one type of humanity to the other. And that you must not think of yourself as the old type of human ever again. We've left slavery behind in Egypt. Thank you very much. And we've been baptized into a new people, a new kingdom, a new body of people of whom Christ is the head. Turn with me, please, if you would, to page 760 of the Pew Bibles to Romans chapter 6, verse 3. And let's take a closer look at our passage today, this time in the New King James translation. Starting at verse 3, Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? I've already used this word into numerous times in this sermon, both in my own words and in the quotes, particularly from Scripture and our scholar. And the key word in our passage is, of course, into. Says our scholar, baptism is into the Messiah and hence into his death. Like King David in the Scriptures, the Messiah could be thought of as one in whom those who belonged to him were summed up. He continues, the point is that if the Messiah is Jesus of Nazareth, the crucified and risen one, 
then belonging to the Messianic people means being characterized by cross and resurrection, by dying and rising. Again, as you've heard me say before, many churches are in this world architecturally structured to look like the Ark of Noah. In fact, much of the nomenclature of a church building is nautical. For instance, nave, that's a nautical term. Salvation means being in the Ark of God, just like Noah and family. And Christ is that Ark. Verse 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. Our scholar asks, what then does it mean to be baptized into the Messiah's death? Paul now explains this further and draws the preliminary conclusion to back up his original statement of verse 2. Verse 2, if you jump up just a bit in the text, says, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Baptism, continues our scholar, involves being co-buried with the Messiah. Buried with Jesus the Messiah. Those who are in the Messiah died with him, were buried with him. Now that we understand this death, we can see the emphatic theme coming next. Verse 4 again. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. The Messiah's resurrection means, continues our scholar, that those who are in the Messiah now stand and must walk on resurrected ground. Your whole Life is called to be different because you were buried with the Messiah in your baptism. Baptism is an effectual instance happening once in your life. I don't care how many times you think you've been baptized, you've been baptized once, where a reenactment of Jesus' death happens to us making real for each of us the once-for-all event of the crucifixion of Jesus at Calvary. It is not unlike the sacrament of the body and blood of Christ, where each time we partake, the crucifixion and all its powerful impact and grace is applied to us at that very moment. So you see, my friends, we are still in the now and the not yet. I was saved, I'm being saved, I will be saved. But we must emphasize, I think, the now when it comes to this baptism and what it promises. We too easily, we too easily forget the present state that we are in. Because we are in Christ, indeed, we've been buried with him and resurrected with him in our baptism. Because of that, we know that we will one day, if we remain faithful to him, be resurrected and experience the fullness of his redemption at his second coming. But we must remember that we are resurrected in a very real way right now. We've been buried with Christ in our baptism and we stand now on resurrected ground, though we do not have resurrected bodies yet. We must live a life 
right now that reflects this reality and points towards the future reality of the not yet. We must understand St. Paul's second half of verse 5. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. We must understand that as a present reality, not just the future reality for which we believe and hope. St. Paul continues, verse 6, with the obvious implications. Read with me. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, canceled out, destroyed, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, also, you reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why are we dead to sin? Why does he say likewise, you too? Not because we're Jesus, but because we're in Jesus. What is real for Jesus is real for us. As our scholar reminds us, in baptism, the whole person leaves the land of our slavery. As our scholar notes it, our whole person leaves the Adam world. For good. For good. Leaves it by death. A final one-way journey. So why are we messing around in the Adam world? Why are we, as Lewis would say, making mud pies in the slum of the Adam world? May we live out authentically the truth of Romans 6, that we have died to the old and we are alive in Christ. We are new humans. We are remade, redeemed. May we live out this truth every moment of our lives, leaving behind our sin and continually living out our life in the ark of Christ. Amen.